out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. Today we are here in sunny Seattle. And the three of us are going to take in a Mariners game, and we're going to take you along throughout the day and record some bits of our show. So it's about 6.20. We traveled 93 miles south from Bellingham to T-Mobile Park tonight where the Mighty Mariners take on the Texas Rangers. Ooh. Chris, how do you feel? Go Mariners. I feel good. Mark? I'm just, it's a ball game. It's a, it's a summer feeling night. There's nothing like it. This is our first experiment taking our podcast on the road. The audio might be a little bit different than before, but we hope it still comes through and you enjoy the spirit of our podcast. Just wanted to quickly check in about how you felt about uh, last week's podcast. We talked about Father's Day gifts and gender stereotypes and gender roles. Well, I thought it was a funny podcast actually listening to mark bagley eat baby cereal that was my favorite part of the entire podcast personally yeah i had forgotten about eating the baby cereal until we listened to it on the way down today and uh i kind of made a racket <laughs> with the banging of the spoon and man that was it was good it was a little difficult to edit around your uh rabid inhaling of the rice cereal but we know now what to buy you for your next birthday. Or for Father's, Father's Day. Day gifts. Father's Day gift. Rice cereal. <laughs> I thought a little bit more about the gender roles and, you know, as far as what kids play with, whether it's dolls or trucks or that, I think it's really just much more important how they play with it. It really doesn't matter what they're playing with. I think it's important to share all kinds of toys with both boys and girls. Well, you know, when you think about dolls. I mean, I had G.I. Joe, which was, yeah. I mean, basically a doll, yeah. right? Yeah. An action figure, but it was a doll in different clothes, so I guess even back in the dark ages, we were kind of doing things like that. But I do remember my sister, who's younger than me, had a Barbie and a Ken. I remember playing with her, and I would play with the Ken, and she yeah. would play with the Barbie. Now, that, that's maybe stereotypical gender roles, but you know, I, I guess I was playing with dolls. Shortly after recording our podcast, my son did get a new dress, and so he did wear that around most of the weekend, and so uh, I practiced what I preached there. But yesterday, I deviated a bit from practicing what I preached because my daughter was getting a new bike, and we were at the bike shop, and this was a bike that would be for her but would get passed down to her brother, and she wanted the turquoise bike. And wanted to understand why that was not going to be acceptable for our household. And I didn't really have a problem with the turquoise bike, but that particular brand of bike has a sub-brand that's for women only. And so the bike had all of these markings all over it that made it evident that it was a women's or little girl's bike. So we ultimately came home with the dark blue, uh, a more neutral color to make its way through all three Dwyer kids. But I did have to sort of pause and explain to her, Yes, he could ride a turquoise bike, but I didn't want to put him in a situation where other people knew it was a women's or girls' bike because of the branding and marketing on it. Yeah, you can put like uh, you know pink streamers on the handlebars and stuff. You know, make it make it extra girly if that's what she wants. You're a smart man. That's exactly what my wife decided. <laughs> there was some negotiation last night as to what color and whether we would get it, but 
I can happily report we picked it up this morning, and uh, now she has moved up to the next size of bike, a real monumental milestone for a seven-year-old. Well, so today on the episode, we're going to review some ballpark foods. We're going to make some recommendations of things to do with your kids here in the Seattle area. And we're going to talk briefly about, uh, you know, how to stay fit and eat well and exercise when you have a busy life with kids. But before we jump into all that, I wanted to just take a minute and have you guys reflect a little bit on sort of what baseball has meant in your life growing up. We're here at a baseball game. Uh, I know you both are baseball fans. So maybe tell us, tell us when you first went to a game and sort of how baseball has played out in the course of your life. Boy, I can't wait to hear Mark's story. Growing up in L.A. At the Dodger, with the Dodgers. Um, I remember vividly walking into the Kingdome for my very first game with my dad uh, and walking into this giant gray concrete dome stadium and uh, what was so amazing was the stark contrast of the green astroturf to all the gray everywhere else. The inside of the stadium was all gray, the walls. And um, so it was just really special to go on in there and, and see that. And uh, I remember the Mariners lost. We sat behind home plate. I was with my dad. Uh, and it was a special time. And uh, so the, I've grown I played baseball starting at six, played all through high school. Um, and uh, it's without a doubt my favorite sport. I'm not sure we have enough time for me to reflect on what baseball means to me and how the, the role has played in my life. But as Chris said, I grew up in L.A., a huge Dodger fan, and my dad and I would go to baseball games all the time. And I remember being a part of the Dodger fan club, and I think it was $10 for the year, and you got tickets for two to like five ball games in the bleachers. My dad and I would go, and you'd get posters and all kinds of stuff for the Dodgers. I would go to bed every single night listening to the Dodgers on the radio, played baseball from age 7 to age 14. It's, I mean, to me, it's the, it's the perfect game. It's, there's, there's nothing like it. Um, and hopefully I've been able to pass it along to my kids, and I, I know Ben really appreciates it now. Allie likes it, but Ben is really appreciating it, like I have, and it's it's this bond with my family and it's I, I can't say enough about it it's, it's 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 the perfect game so mark in a 162 game season how many dodger games do you watch at least a portion of each year at least 100 of them i'm sure uh, i grew up in the state of maryland so i grew up a baltimore orioles fan before there was camden yards there was uh, i believe it was called memorial stadium and i have fond memories of sitting way up in the, the upper deck with my family and I remember that it was the ground was sticky and there were bees everywhere and it would be hot in the summer and Memorial Stadium was not in the best part of town but I can remember vividly to this day the first day I walked into Camden Yards and came through and saw the grass so green in this beautiful ballpark that will always have a special place in my heart and my next-door neighbors had season tickets when I was a teenager. And so I would mow their lawn for $10 or whatever was the going rate at the time. And then I would often get their tickets or get to go with their college-age son to a game, which was pretty cool for me being like a 12-year-old to, to drive down to a baseball game. So 
the Orioles were it for me. Uh, and then once I moved here, I stuck with the Orioles for, I would say, six to eight years. And then at some point, I just sort of had to make the transition and, and start following and cheering for the Mariners. It was just too hard to see the Oriole games and sort of lost touch with that team. But, yeah, it's a lot of fond memories for me, both with friends and family going to games. And this past year with COVID, life has really slowed down. And my appreciation for baseball has returned because it is a slow game. And so I found myself following it much more and paying more attention and and trying to get the kids into watching it. So that has been one positive coming out of COVID. Did either of you guys have like fantasies when you would go to ball games? I would always go to the ball game and I would pretend like that, you know, like Tom Hudler would make an announcement over the stadium and be like, Chris Roselli, can you please go to section 117? We need a shortstop. I would fantasize about that as a kid. I wanted to be a Mariner so badly as a kid. Uh, no, but certainly there was always that aspiration that, you know, you wanted to be a ball player and uh, this could be a job for you someday and didn't work out for any of the three of us. So after uh, my, my wife's first job after college was working for the Dodgers. And so I got to go to probably 40 or 50 home games that one season, in one season in particular. And eventually I got to be on the field. I got to meet Tommy Lasorda. I got, you know, all the ins and outs of, of Dodger Stadium. I always said she had my dream job. She worked in media relations, and then she worked in uh, 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 broadcasting and publications. She met Vince Scully. I mean, she met all the players. And I kind of lived vicariously through her those few years she worked for the Dodgers. Tell the listeners where you had your wedding reception. Our wedding reception was actually at Dodger Stadium. We... Uh, yeah, it was it was incredible, and uh, you know we had peanuts and uh, and Dodger dogs as as the uh, uh, hors d'oeuvres before the big dinner, and it was was pretty great. Well, it sounds like we've all had baseball in our lives for quite some time. Let's go around the horn then and talk about our favorite all-time baseball player. Uh, I'll go first. It's not hard to guess. As a kid growing up in the 1980s in the Baltimore area. Uh, there was nobody but number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, I've told this story to many people that when you went to an Orioles game in the 80s or 90s and you bought a scorecard, he was pre-printed as the third batter on the scorecard. There was no way that he was not going to be in the lineup. He played, I think, 2,131 straight games, broke Lou Gehrig's record, and so he was just a staple. He was going to be in there every day. And so anytime you were in a Little League team in Maryland, everybody wanted to be Cal Ripken. Well, growing up as a Mariner fan, for me, Edgar Martinez has always been my favorite ball player. Um, uh, his swing was great. Uh, I just loved everything about Edgar. And, of course, uh, my favorite baseball memory, period, is when he hit the double. I know exactly where I was. It was a great family moment, and I'll always treasure it. And, Mark, who's your favorite all-time Dodger? So growing up in L.A., of course, uh, my favorite player was number six, the first baseman, Steve Garvey. I like Steve Garvey for a number of reasons. Uh, Very clean cut. He had the uh, big Popeye arms, uh, which was always fascinating to me since I have bird twig arms. Um, He never wore sleeves. He always had his jersey on, so it could be like 40 degrees in Pittsburgh. Steve Garvey never wore sleeves. Tough guy. Plus, he was married to Cindy Garvey. And when you're a 12-year-old boy, Cindy Garvey was hot. (laughs) She was unbelievable. So uh, that also helped uh, make him my favorite player. 
three worthwhile candidates for our favorite uh, baseball players of all time. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson and Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson and Cole, when you need us, we will be here. So, since we are in Seattle today, we thought for Wacom Dads Recommend, we would each choose two places here in the Seattle area that we think are good spots to take your kids. Either something we've done in the past and made a good lasting memory, or just something we've heard about. So, uh, I'm going to go first, and for my first one, I'm going to go with the Pacific Science Center. Uh, It's getting a little bit outdated. It needs a little renovation, but still just... What a way to spend a day with young kids. I think they can explore their curiosities. There's an IMAX theater. There's a butterfly garden. I think the last time we were there, they were doing outside science experiments where they were making things blow up and making rockets. It's still a really great resource, and it actually is sort of something in the sort of STEM realm for your kids to take a day with. I'll probably take one of yours but i gotta say pike place market sorry chris it's just iconic it's something for everyone fun to walk around people watch tons of stores funky things good food so that's definitely a a not miss yeah that's a good choice mark i still one of my first memories was walking through pike place as a five-year-old with my grandmother actually Mm -hmm. uh special place um A place that I used to go to as a kid, my parents grew up in Ballard, and uh, so we used to go visit all the time. Going to the Ballard Locks is a really fantastic place to go. You can see the the fish going through the locks if you want, but really it's just fun to sit and watch the boats go through, watch them fill the bathtub, and uh, then see the boats go out once they open the gates. It's a really fun fun experience for kids. So for my second one, I'm going to keep with the sporting theme as we are tonight. A couple years ago, I took my kids to a University of Washington women's gymnastics meet, and it was a very different kind of sporting event, one where the kids didn't have to focus their attention for a particular couple-hour period, like a baseball or basketball game. You could sort of wander around and watch the different apparatus, the floor exercise, the vault, the balance beam, and there was a lot of energy, a pretty big following here in the Seattle area for the gymnastics. So... Uh, tickets were very reasonable, $10 or less, so I'd recommend a gymnastics meet at the University of Washington. So for my second one, I would recommend the Seattle Art Museum. Uh, it's always good introducing kids to a little bit of uh, culture, and the Seattle Art Museum gets some amazing traveling exhibits. They have a, a great collection of their own, and it's a nice way to spend an afternoon, especially on a rainy day. Great way to be inside and, uh, and, and introduce your kids to, to the world of art. Chris, what's your second one? Uh, our family loves to go to the International Fountain at the Seattle Center, not very far from where your number one choice is, Nathan. Uh, we love going down there, just sitting, relaxing, uh, in a nice hot summer day, going down to see if you can touch the dome without getting soaking wet. Um, it's just a real special place for our family. We really enjoy going down there. 
pro tip, bring an extra set of clothes with your for your kids when you go to the International Fountain. We have learned that. Also, really close to there is the new Artists at Play Playground. I was really impressed with that. All of the play equipment somehow has a musical theme. There's xylophones and different things like a seesaw that play music. And uh, the kids can climb up these big sort of netted climbing areas, probably 25, 30 feet up in the air with slides and such. So uh, if you're in the neighborhood of Seattle Center, that's another place to check out. So uh, check the show notes for links to all of these places that we recommend are good spots to take your kids here in Seattle. All right, so it's now 7.45. We're in the fifth inning, and we have a 1-1 tie ball game. Mark, how's your evening going? Oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. Beautiful evening, Mariners, Memorial Day weekend with my buddies. Couldn't be better. And, Chris, what beer deal have you found for us tonight? Well, around Safeco, they've got different deals hidden everywhere, and the beer we have found that we have chosen that we enjoy is Farm Strong's Skagit Pilsner. So it's almost it's almost local beer all the way down here in Seattle. Chris found this nifty thing on his phone that showed uh, beer deals. So we've been walking around taking a sampling. But speaking of sampling, we've had uh, three sandwiches tonight. We each picked one out and uh, compared them. It was quite the way to eat dinner. We didn't each have three sandwiches. We each had three one-thirds of a sandwich. So uh, we had a chicken thigh fried spicy sandwich from a place called F-U-K-U. I think they would pronounce it Fuku. That was that was my choice. Chris, what about you? What did you choose? Uh, I got myself uh, a hamburger. Yeah, Little Woody's. I got a big Woody burger. <laughs> so we had a chicken sandwich, a cheeseburger, and... And I got a uh, Cubano pulled pork sandwich from Edgar's. So, the chicken sandwich first. What did you think, Chris? Uh, it was really good. Way better than a Chick-fil-A that I've ever had. It was yummy, spicy. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good chicken burger. Yeah, you could tell it had been marinated in some spicy stuff with pickles. A good bun. I would recommend the Fuku chicken sandwich. And Nathan, didn't you say it's like some New York-type style chicken sandwich? I think it's, yeah, from New York. They've uh, got restaurants out there, so it's made its way out to... T-Mobile Park here, formerly known as Safeco Field. <laughs> but it came with fries. It did come with fries, which were quite disappointing. But, but, <laughs> yes. the, but the dipping sauce was delicious. Oh, yeah. What was the dipping sauce? I think that it was a jalapeno mayo dipping sauce. Yeah, it was good. And then we went to uh, Big Willy, little, little Woody's. I want to say Big Willie's. <laughs> That's not it either. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, went to Little Woody's and uh, got a bacon cheeseburger. It was super good. Actually, the best part of it, though, was their fries. Those were seasoned really good. It was tasty. Yeah, the Little Woody fries were much, much better than the Fuku fries. And then, Mark, I think you got the uh, big winner for the night. I went on the app and asked for the best food at T-Mobile, and this one came up uh, as number one. So we went there and... Uh, See, the nice thing is I got mine cut in thirds, so it was very easy for us to share. We were cutting with forks and spoons and fingernails, and it was kind of a mess for the other two. 
And so I think that's why mine tasted so good. And what was the name of our soup? I couldn't tell you. I think it was a, was it a Cuban or Caribbean pork? Oh, yeah, it was a Caribbean something. Yeah, like a roast pork with a nice mayo, a really good roll. It was uh, delightful, <laughs> delightful. So I would rank them the, uh, the pork sandwich number one, the fuku chicken sandwich number two, and the cheeseburger third. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I would agree. It was delightful, Mar- or, uh, Nathan. It was delightful. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious with that hint of, hint of a, a garlic aioli dip. That was uh, the sauce on it. Was very good. Uh, I would put them in that exact same order. And the burger was good. It was not bad at all. It's just the others were much better. Yeah, it was a good burger, but the other two outshined the burger. I agree. All right, so uh, let's talk briefly about the uh, protocols here getting into a baseball game at the tail end of a pandemic. They've done some cool things here with uh, vaccines and such. Chris, tell us a little bit about getting into the ballpark and what's available to those who are vaccinated. Yeah, they've got a special section for those who are vaccinated to go on in. You uh, show your vaccination card. You don't need to show your ID to go with it, though. That was interesting. But you just show your vaccination card or a vaccination card. And uh, they give you a bracelet, and in you go. And then you get discounts once you're in the park. That's right. It looks like 20% off food, drink, and souvenirs if you're vaccinated. I'm not sure how long this promotion's continuing, but uh, sort of a cool thing they're doing here. And you can get your vaccination shot here at T-Mobile Park. And a free T-shirt. And a free T-shirt. And there's access to certain restaurants and dining areas for vaccinated people only. So... Feeling really safe here at the park. I think they're letting in 14,000 folks these days, both socially distanced for the non-vaccinated and in special vaccinated-only sections. So, again, we're having a great night here. The sun is setting over Seattle. Uh, Nothing better I can think of doing with my buddies on a Memorial Day weekend. All right, we're going to do a little bit of a mini parent topic this week, and we're going to cover how to stay healthy with both your diet and your exercise while you are busy raising your kids. Uh, This is a challenge for all parents, uh, being able to make time, being able to make uh, your health a priority. But frankly, I don't think it's rocket science. My own personal story, when I was turning 40, I realized that I was not as healthy as I wanted to be and uh, just knew that I needed to stay healthy now for my kids. And so uh, I lost a substantial amount of weight prior to turning 40. And, you know, the hope was to extend my life expectancy and just set a better example for my kids. And I'll tell you what, it makes you feel better mentally. And, you know, like a lot of things, you just have to get into a routine. And I think they say it takes, what, five or six weeks to get into a routine with something. And then it just becomes fairly easy. So, you know, my key to that was simply eating better and exercising. And it is hard to exercise when you have multiple kids uh, taking away your attention and taking away your time. So did you guys come up with any strategies or have any tips for our listeners as to how you were able to balance both your diet and uh, getting plenty of exercise while you had little ones? Well, I think to your point, Nathan, having younger kids, it's really hard because you're, 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 
constantly pulled away from the things that you're doing. And so it's hard. You only have so much time to be able to do things. And so when you have little kids, what we found is trying to find quick foods that we could pre-make that could be healthy to eat um, and snacks that were healthy to eat. So that way we weren't snacking on whatever was in our cupboard that wasn't healthy. Uh, now that the kids are older, it's actually quite easier for us, I think, to be able to just be more mindful about our foods that we eat and be a better example for our kids. And then, of course, try to find time to be able to go exercise. Yeah, I think for us, to go a little off what you said, Chris, was we always had dinner together at a table and not in front of the TV and not fast food and not delivery. And Annette was really conscientious about always cooking a, a meal that included vegetables and it was healthy and um, that's really where we really focused you know our, our energies when it came to eating as far as exercise you know I didn't do a whole lot of exercise when the kids were little I got into running when the kids were older and that was a lot easier because I could just go run and they could be by themselves at home but I think it's also important that both partners if there are two parents support each other in their exercise programs and allow that to happen while one exercises, the other watches the kids and vice versa. And if you can support each other's exercise habits, that goes a long way in a healthy lifestyle. A couple other tips that I came up with. One, stay hydrated. That's always been a tough one for me. And I've just started going to work every day with a water bottle and making sure I can finish it three times throughout the day while I'm there and making that a goal. And, and that seems to just help with my overall health. And then the other thing that I think I've struggled with the most is portion control, uh, knowing that uh, when there's food out, I don't need to eat as much as I think I need to eat, and just sort of getting to that point where I'm comfortable at the uh, restaurant, just you know, getting something more moderate and not trying to go full out in appetizer and salad and entree and dessert. Uh, those things can certainly add up. Uh, and then finally, don't skip breakfast. I traditionally have not been a breakfast person, but I know that when I'm trying to do better, it's, it's better for me to eat a small breakfast and then that way I don't feel so much so that way I don't feel so hungry at lunch and tend to potentially overeat for lunch. Any other tips? Yeah, something that Amy and I have learned to do is a lot of times when we'll go out, we'll actually just split a meal. Uh, a lot of times meals are certainly plenty big for two people to share and so uh, we'll certainly do that if there are items that the two of us can agree upon I think my simple tip is take the stairs absolutely get get those steps in get that exercise in as often as you can and look when you've got little kids and you're running crazy there's, there's going to be a time when just you're not able to prioritize either eating healthy or getting your exercise but uh, we all know it's important and there'll become a time where you have the ability to set some time aside and work with your partner and set some goals and uh, certainly you'll be able to achieve them well the game has ended the Mariners Mariners pull out the win 3-2 to two over the Rangers Chris did you have a good time? I had a blast Henniger? No, it wasn't Henniger. It was Mitch Henniger. Insurance home run in the eighth inning, which came in uh, handy for us because uh, the Rangers scored one in the ninth, but it was just not enough.
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed coming along with us on our adventure this week. We'll post some pictures of our day on our Facebook page. Thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Robinson & Cole Attorneys. And feel free to contact the show at whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. New episodes post on Friday mornings. The dads are going to take next week off to catch up with family. We'll see you in two weeks. Instead of jokes this week, we decided to come up with our favorite quote from famed ball player Yogi Berra. Yogi said, Baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. Uh, Yogi Berra said, Always attend other people's funerals. That way, they'll go to yours. And Yogi Berra said, Nobody goes there nowadays. It's too crowded. <laughs>